that gap to me is where you're clearing pivots you're clearing big monster candles with, with volume you're just everybody who was feeling comfortable when they went to sleep has to re-decide how to play or get out for as small of a loss as possible those are those are why the gap and goes work so well mm -hmm. right where you have if you have a big monster sell-off because they had earnings or whatever and then small red candle the next day and then the following day is like a smaller gap up it's gap and go but you didn't clear that entire volume area from the earnings report yet. Well, who's really being trapped still? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, how do you deal with it when you get trapped? Right? Yeah. And I, there used to be a time where I'm like, okay, I'm, man, I, they got me on this one, but my stops is in a good place. I think I'm going to try to wait this out. I think we can get the rotation and then just almost never. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting trapped. So now I'm a lot quicker where I see that trap. All right, you know what? Just just bail. I'll wait for yep. a different setup at least on it. Yep. Um, I, I would challenge everybody too if if you're struggling getting trapped, or even just a good exercise in general. I mean, you could do it. The market just closed. The bell rang. You have the opportunity to do this for oh, what next eight hours, twelve hours until the market opens again. But go to a four hour chart, plan out fifteen trades that you would take in the market. And try to find good locations as to where you would take those trades off of a four-hour chart, right? Just because you're coming in a little bit sooner than a daily, set alarms at all of those spots on those 15-minute 15, 15 charts or uh, four-hour charts. And then once that starts to, those bells start to go off, start to analyze it then on a three-minute chart, five-minute chart, right? Just because now, a lot of times, and I think this alludes to what Tracy was saying with the different time frames of us being so narrow-minded, traps like like anything works better on longer time frames right we might not be able to capitalize off of it as much on a on a three minute chart because it's a wider spread and we need to stock to do a whole heck of a lot more for day trading but if you're able to look at a longer time frame and say this is where i would come in i could bet you there's people that are swing trading looking at that same spot that spot's still probably attractive to somebody on a 15 minute chart who's a trader five minute three minute once you have more reasons for people on, who trade on different timeframes to come in, that's where you get more volume start to piling in. And that's where you'll, you'll be able to probably start to avoid some of those traps. Mm -hmm. Another exercise that would be good is finding rotations, pivots, whatever they might be, and um, or key levels. And look at those key levels. And when those key levels are breaking, so whether you're, let's talk about S-curving, for instance. So we know that when the stock is going up, when it's in a bullish trend, we want to be making higher highs and higher lows. So ideally, you want to buy low, sell high. So let's look at a, a, a stock that's going up. It makes a rotation lower. You don't want it to break the previous low. You want it to come in and, and rotate. So somewhere in that area, you decide, let's, let's look for a nice rotation down and find an area where you want to enter. That would be where you'd want to go. Then start analyzing the candles one after another and ask yourself each time, if I had gone long here, how would I feel right now? Would I be trapped? Would I be feeling, oh, this isn't working right away? Did it happen right away? Start analyzing what's happening with those candles that they come in. I'm not saying trade right now. I'm just saying, just go back and analyze and ask yourself. Get in the habit of asking yourself these questions because I tell you, when you start actually implementing those questions in your trades, you'll start to get the, the pattern. And that is that immediate, oh, shoot, 
yep, I'm out. And then you'll know how to handle it, right? Because you've you've gone through and you've practiced that. So, and you'll get that even with what, what Dan's saying. So doing that four hour and then go and analyze it on the three minute, you can analyze each of those candles that are coming in at that level and ask yourself, if I had gotten in at this level, how would I be feeling right now? And that's going to build that skill set of being able to identify whether or not you're trapped and then see what it looks like, right? Very cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Chuck says, when wrong, wrong immediately, and small, smally is best. Yep. Yeah, typically. And that's the identifying, and I think, I don't know if there's any tips or tricks besides seeing your account, like, man, I got trapped and the candle closed and just getting comfortable. But honestly, I think it's screen time. The more you do, whether it's on back trading, whether it's on the live market, paper trading, whatever the case the more you are in the market, the more you see it, mm-hmm. right? And and it's tough for people because you want to build a holding muscle in the market as much as possible. But if you can start identifying where those traps actually come in and you're like, I think I just got trapped. Like that's not the candle I want to see close. That will at least allow you to move your stops a little bit, if not bail out of the trade, mm-hmm. right? Just because... Again, if, if you got trapped, so did other people, right? If you're starting to panic, there's also other people in the market panicking on that candle, right? I can guarantee you're not the only person in the world that said this was a great trade. So just, just get out, reassess, uh, move your stops if you have to, if you don't want to just take a market exit. But I, especially when trading by myself, and I don't have to kind of update three different areas or whatever. If, if I see I get trapped, all right, well, it's already not doing what I want to see, right? It's just... It's the same thing, I think, where if you have a plan, like you have your trading plan, you have your certain setup that you're trying to get into. And then you're like, I'm going to get in because this is a momentum trade. And therefore, I think this stock is going to run higher. Okay, well, you're in it for momentum. And then all of a sudden, it just trades flat for a while. All right, well, you're still in the trade, but you, you didn't get in on a sideways trade breakout. You, you were looking for momentum. It didn't come. So already the plan of what you tried to get into it's not happening. It could still run to target. But it could also stop you out. I mean, if, if you have your appropriate risk units in place, it's not going to blow up your account regardless. It shouldn't. But already you're in a trade that that's not really what you intend. That's not the plan as to why you got in. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the same thing on a trap. If you notice, like if you're trying to take that breakout, and oftentimes I think they come more on a breakout than anything else. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to take that breakout and then all of a sudden you're like, well, this is not, this didn't close where I thought it was going to close. This is well, now your plan is kind of shifting and you're you're changing what you thought was going to happen in the first place, right? So a lot of times it's better just to kind of reassess or try to figure out how do I can move the stops or game plan for how do I lose the least on this trade if, again, you're not bailing pretty much right away. Right. The other, the other issue is, uh, you know, if you're getting trapped a lot, a lot of the time what happens is people focus too much on their entry and not enough on their stop. And that could be one of the issues as well, right? Because you're you're really not putting enough emphasis on where your stop needs to be and therefore your entries are actually not that great. So you people look at signals and they just want to get in for whatever reason. They buy too high. They don't get in enough. They wait for too much um, confirmation, all sorts of different things that cause entries to be poor, yet the stop isn't really in the best location. And if you really, like I said, focus on where that stop needs to be and then and then move that entry down, you're more likely to take advantage of some of those traps 
instead of being trapped. And that's something else to consider. So, yeah. And I, I think we've been talking a lot about day trading mm-hmm. for the traps, but it's for swing traders out there, people could get trapped on the daily charts. Oh yeah. It's all fractal. So how would you, how would you look to play those? How do you, how do you take advantage of not that taking advantage of other traders is a fun thing to say, but how do you make money when, when people get trapped on a, on a daily chart and, and how do they get trapped on a daily? Uh, well, again, it's, it's, you're looking at key levels. So you're finding really strong key levels. And that's one of the reasons that I love trading a hammer candle because a hammer candle, uh, you know, that shows a lot of reverse. It shows reversal. It's got all of the components of a reversal in it where the, the, you know, you have pressure going down and then it gets bought up, gets absorbed, which stops the movement down. And then it gets bought back up and, and closed at the high end of that range. So when you find key levels and you get large wicks that are below those levels, but yet you're closing above it, you know, those are great opportunities to get in at a fairly good support level with very low risk, but high reward. And that's one of the reasons that I love playing the hammer candle. And like I said, it's to me, it's a trap if you can find the hammer in the right location. And we've talked about this before, you know, not every hammer candle is the, you know, the best hammer candles. So the location, 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 and that needs to be key. So one of the skill sets that I think is really important for traders is to be able to identify key levels and just practice that practice, identifying key levels. What does a key level look like? Those are places where multiple uh, tests have been, where you can see that the price action has reversed there. You've got lots of volume that's come in and, and changed the direction of what was happening before. You can see the price action from before. Those are going to be areas that have uh, large areas of liquidity. And then ask yourself, if you were in long from down below or whatever, where would your stops be right now? If you were in short from way back when, where would your stops be right now? And I can tell you that where your stops would be right now is usually going to be an area that is going to be high for liquidity. And that could be an area that to, you need to watch in for a short. And that doesn't matter what time frame you're on. Yeah. And we did a, um, last week I did a, a class during the all access pass here where we talked about gaps. Mm. Right. And which, which gaps are more important than others. Right. And I, I don't, I don't rate gaps. I don't think you do either, but they're not all built the same. No, not at all. Right. So I was going off of some of the gaps, just running through some of the charts and the gaps that are most important is what you said is when it changes directions. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it's just like, all right, we rejected this resistance a whole bunch of times and now it's coming down. It got rejected again. You got people piling in to go short off that resistance and then all of a sudden news comes out or the market just is much higher that day whatever the case you're opening above that huge resistance you're 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 trapping anybody that kept going short 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 off that resistance and now you have that gap and go up right that gap to me is where you're clearing pivots you're clearing big monster candles with with volume you're just everybody who was feeling comfortable when they went to sleep has to re-decide how to play or get out for as small of a loss as possible. Those are, those are why the gap and goes work so well, mm-hmm. right? Where you have, if you have a big monster sell-off because they had earnings or whatever, and then small red candle the next day, and then the following day is like a smaller gap up, it's gap and go. But you didn't clear that entire volume area from the earnings report yet. Well, who's really being trapped still, right? Exactly. It's, yeah. You're not that that gap and go probably won't run as bullish as some of the 
the other ones because you're still inside of that real move. So it's only when people have to make a decision that that really starts to affect how well that trap is going to work or how mm-hmm. well that gap is going to work. Yep. Yeah. And, and as we've mentioned earlier, you know, ask yourself, if I was in this, how would I feel right now? And what would I do? And if the answer is, you know, I would immediately get out because I'm, tr- I feel trapped, then you know what, play the trap. Because if you felt that that's how you would, you would have reacted, if you were in this from the day before or whatever it might be, whatever time frame or wherever it was, then play that because I guarantee that there's going to be multiple people that are feeling exactly the same way. So, all right. Now, Dan, I'm just curious, but what are some of the trap strategies that you might use to set up? Like what, what, what do you look for and how do you play it? Um, good question. So I think we covered some of that before, but especially when I'm not the one being trapped. Well, I'll give you both, both ends. If I'm not being trapped yeah, right, if and you're I'm not pulling being up a trapped. stock and I'm seeing a high wave candle, which is essentially indecision. Yep. So indecision after something has been absolutely getting wrecked and tanked. Now you're getting some kind of indecision candle. Maybe the bottom of that wick passed through some kind of previous uh, pivot or something like that, whether it's on the daily or, or three minute chart, whatever the case. And you're seeing that volume come in. That to me tells me that there's, again, volume is volume. It doesn't mean that people are shorting or going long, but that indecision by itself, that that doji candle, that one tells me, all right, if we could finally start to get a reversal, if we get above this candle, that's going to now, number one, anybody that did take that breakdown who is being trapped, they have to get out. That should push it a little bit higher. If that happens and people are now buying their shares back from the short that they were just in, well, that's going to make it go a little bit higher. And then anybody who's maybe not trapped yet that is profitable, they're starting to get probably a little bit uncomfortable and saying, should I just take my profits now? Should I just get out? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be some kind of reversal on me? Let's let's escape the market with the most amount of profit as possible. So I like playing those high waves because oftentimes you get very good risk reward on your trades, right? Because if that, if that indecision, if and, and I think that's one thing too, is if that trap where you're noticeable trap and that trap starts to break down, well, then that's no longer that that trap is null and void. And you know what? If you were trying to play bullish and that high wave comes in and you were looking good for two seconds, all right, the trend is still bearish. If that high wave breaks, all right, just wait it out, see what happens. And you don't have to get into that trade yet, right? So are you trading the breakout of that? So candle? I like the breakout of that candle. Oh, okay, gotcha. Versus maybe buying off of that, off of that level again if it retests that level again because you've already seen the trap. Do you buy the level or do you take the breakout of the candle? I, I like or... to take the breakout of the trap. Gotcha, gotcha. Because okay. that that trap, that one candle alone, mm-hmm. is still trapping a little extra people, but it could also be a signal for some kind of reversal. Gotcha. All yeah. right. So now the next question I have for you is: Let's say that a trap comes in and you get into the next trade, what are you looking for for confirmation that the trap is actually working now? Um, I do not want to see that trap candle break. Okay. You do that's, not that's, why break. that's why I'm completely comfortable. Either this works great or I'm going to lose an R. Gotcha. That's why my, my stops are going to be so much tighter because I've already identified where that trap should be. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that trap candle starts to break in the wrong direction, to me, that's no longer a trap. Gotcha. Right? So you're not... 
it's not or worst case it's just not as an effective of a trap as it was okay. before now the next question that i have for you because you mentioned earlier about reversing and one of the things that i think a lot of traders struggle with is actually flipping the script and as far as i'm concerned one of the best times to flip the script and flip the trade around is when there's a trap in place how do you see that whole thing and and deal with the psychology of first of all being wrong and then flipping that mindset really quickly to be able to take the trap after being trapped it's a very difficult thing to do yep because it if you think about the process of you taking a trade, mm -hmm. you're doing your full analysis on why I think this stock is going to go lower, right? This is the spot. This is where we'll probably pick up more momentum. We'll probably start breaking down. This should be the spot. And that noticeable stop or the noticeable trap comes in. You, you have to almost reverse your plan instantly, but you spend a heck of a lot more time analyzing it to get in than taking that trap. So I think the easiest, I, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think it's the best thing to do for a beginner trader. Honestly, I would just take the law. I, I would, I would be more focused on how do I lose small on the trade than trying to reverse it. Gotcha. Because there is a possibility, like I said, well, now we have the bottom of that wick, the bottom of the highway, the bottom of the, the hammer candle. We know that's a spot that should not be taken out right? Mm -hmm. If that should be holding, if that's going to trap people, it doesn't mean it's going to definitely hold, right? So you could easily get now your market exiting. Okay. You got a small loss and you're resetting the trade up to play the inverse of that trap. Well, you could lose twice, right? It's, it's very yep. possible. Yep. And now, now you're just in a whole different mindset. You're just like, I try to go short here. I got trapped. I can try to go long. I got trapped. Everything I'm doing, I'm getting trapped. And now that just leads to a to more frustrating day. So for me, I would say to beginner traders, it's okay to take a loss. Just, just lose. For more experienced traders, I would say you have to be to the level of you just don't care so much about the money. Yeah, I agree. It, it can't you be cannot have the emotional yeah. attachment of yeah. like, because at the end of the day, I mean, if you realize, okay, I'm, I, I got it trapped on the first one, I got market exit, I lost 0.3, whatever it was, you have to be comfortable knowing that that second trade, the reversal, everything should work out. You know you were trapped, the trap is there, everything looks great, but you you can't have, you can't bring the same, you can't bring emotion to that second trade because it's, now you're overly moving your stop too much because your mindset, I think, is still a lot of times focused on, yeah, I agree. This thing should be breaking down and you're just going counter trending yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Of what your entire analysis was. But if you're comfortable losing that second R, then I think being able to reverse it becomes a lot easier because you're just playing the candles. There's no emotions involved. So when you get trapped, when do you actually start thinking about reversing? Is it immediately? Is it... After you as get stopped out, as soon as that candle closes, so as soon as that candle closes, you're looking for an opportunity to go long, or go Correct. short, or flip the script. Okay. Or, or I'm thinking about how could I, where can I move my stops immediately, mm -hmm. or is this, or is this a play that I want to be just out of? Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. And then, and then I'm thinking, man, that is a good candle. I'd, I'd have to see. I, I want to see that the risk rewards there. 
again, if the whole trend is bearish and now I'm going to be flipping to bullish, it doesn't mean it has to make all time highs as soon as I get in, but there's, I want to do a quick analysis to say, where would the target be? And does it make sense for me to do, take this flip? If the risk of rewards not there, then it's not even worth taking mm -hmm. the flip for. I'll yep. just get out for a small loss because it could always trigger and trade sideways. And we just start entering the chop part of the day. And then it's going to be more frustration. So I want to make sure that I'm able to potentially hit a two R target on a flip if I take it. Right. No, that's perfect. Now, one of the challenges that I'd like to throw out to our audience as well is for practice, when you're back trading, you know, uh, and you see a signal, analyze that signal and, and determine, okay, where can this go? And I think this is really good for anybody that's looking to trade period. You should be analyzing when you're sit making a setup is where can this possibly go? Where, where does it look like it's heading to? But in addition to that, come up with the alternate plan as well. If this fails, where could it potentially be going? And the reason that I'm suggesting having both in play, first of all, it gets you into the habit of kind of saying, giving you a, I guess, a checklist or a reasons to take the trade or reasons not to take the trade. Because if you have a, a stronger argument for it to go the other direction than the direction you're playing, most of the time you're going to not take the trade. At least I would hope that you wouldn't take the trade if the argument is better on the other side. So that's number one. Number two is if you do end up getting trapped, you already have an idea about what that other trade might already happen or why it would happen. So you have an idea of where this could be heading. And I give you an example. So let's say that the market is making a strong move downward and it seems fairly extended, but it's making lower lows and lower highs, which is exactly what you want to see. And it retests into say a 10 EMA on a five minute chart, just as an example. And it starts to rotate. looks like it's going to short off that area. So you being the savvy trader decide, well, I don't want to fight the trend. I'm going to go with the trend. But in addition, you also see that it's very extended from the VWAP. And there is a potential that it could actually retest all the way back up to the VWAP before it reverses, still keeping the bigger bearish trend in, in play. But you know, the, the shorter short-term short might not work. I might end up being trapped at this moment as it makes its way to the VWAP. So there's a double plan. Do you avoid taking the trade off of that 10 EMA five-minute pullback, perhaps? My answer is maybe not. Depends on how strong that, that level is and where it could potentially go, all of your analysis. But having that idea that, well, this could potentially retest into the VWAP, also means that if you do get trapped right away, you could say, mm, no, maybe it is going to try and retest the VWAP before it continues the short to the low side. That's just one example of having an idea of both uh, scenarios in your mind at the time before you actually take your trade. So understanding that and knowing where the market could be going or where it it could, and, and understanding that it's not just the time frame that you're working in that could that's trending, right? There's bigger trends. So there's bigger pullbacks on the 15 minute, on an hourly, on a half hour, on a daily. And the, the trend itself can still be intact, but it needs to pull back a little bit further. So hopefully that all makes sense. But anyway, Dan, do you have any other tips uh, that you would like to suggest or offer to our audience regarding being trapped or finding the trap? Yeah, well, I think we had early on episodes about it. Um in the pivot podcast but if not we could also do it again but 
learning the Elliott wave helps a lot. Oh yeah. Yep. Because again, when, when you ask the question, is it, do you play the trap or like when, when is the time to do it? If, if I could identify an Elliott wave count where this is not really, this is not really a reversal. It's potentially just a pullback in a certain direction that might make me leave my stops as long as it's in a good spot. And I'm like, I should be safe here. I I gave myself enough room to leave it, let the play work out Mm -hmm. and keep me in the trade a little bit longer. But I would also say that if I, even if I want to bail at that spot, because I'm like, man, I got trapped and, but I'm like, you know what? This is probably the wave five or ABC of a Elliott wave count that I just got trapped on. Then I'm more likely to go the other direction. Right. If I'm like, well, that was probably the wave, the wave three. If we could sit through one more wave four, it, it could happen. Like that would be a that would be a spot. But knowing where you are on the trade, I think that would really help kind of make those decisions as to when you should take the re- reverse traps or not. Gotcha. No, I think that's all good. It's absolutely all good. So really the key points here, you know, you know that you're trapped right off the bat. If it, if it happens immediately, that's usually the number one key point. And always ask yourself how you are feeling, how you would be feeling if you were in this trade or how are you feeling right now being in this trade? And if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel very good, then you're the trap or you're, you're being trapped, I should say. And if you know that that's how you would feel if you were in the trade, then that's, pretty quickly an idea that that might be a trap. So uh, that's pretty much it about traps. I'm sure we could come up with some more information. And you guys, if you guys have any questions about traps or you have any suggestions or tips that you'd like to offer our audience or to each other, please throw them in the comments below, throw them in the chat, whatever it might be. But Dan, once again, the the hour just goes by so fast. I I don't know how we keep running out of time. I I don't (laughs) get this time thing. It's an unusual concept, but I do appreciate all you guys joining us each and every week, whether it be in the live chat here in all the all access pass at real life trade.com or each and every week on wherever podcasts are found. We love you guys. Appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Uh, 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 uh.